Welcome to the Mindful Motherhood Podcast. I invite you to stop, breathe, and mindfully explore ways to better understand and manage the daily struggles of motherhood. I'm your host, Maggie Metz. Today we continue our series all about birth stories. Reminder, birth stories aren't always pretty. In fact, they can sometimes be quite gruesome. So please do be prepared to encounter detailed descriptions of potentially triggering topics and or mature language. Thank you in advance, listeners, for receiving these vulnerable stories with the utmost respect and compassion for those sharing them. I sincerely hope that this series will be eye-opening, humbling, and uplifting to your spirit. I invite you now to practice a mindful reflection centered on a passage of scripture from the book of Psalms, chapter 24, verse 1. If you are able, find a comfortable seated position. Roll your shoulders up, back, and down away from your ears. Close your eyes. Now begin taking deep cycles of breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Do your best to maintain these deep cycles of breath throughout the exercise. Today we are going to mindfully reflect on a passage of scripture from Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. It reads, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Take a deep cleansing breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose as you take notice of certain words from the passage that stand out to you. Earth. Everything. People belong. What meaning might these words hold? How might the Holy Spirit be directing your heart through the meaning that you find? What feelings and emotions arise within as you continue to reflect? Mindfully cling to the meaning you found for a few moments. Continue deep breathing, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose as you allow yourself to mindfully rest in this space for one more deep cycle of breath. 
Now start to bring awareness to your body. Notice how you feel seated in an upright position, the same position in which you started this exercise. Notice places where tension still resides, as well as places where tension might have been released. Gently and without any judgment at all, compare how you feel now to how you felt at the beginning of the practice. Hopefully, after practicing this mindful reflection, you find yourself feeling more calm and centered, more mindfully present. Feel free to pause here and practice this reflection for as long as you'd like. But when you're ready to move on, take one more deep cleansing breath and open your eyes to a soft gaze. Today we have Bethany Knight with us to share the birth story of her daughter, Addie. Bethany is mama to three and wife to a director of sales and operations at GCA Title who loves running, hiking, and going on adventures with his family. Bethany is a social worker counselor by trade, currently staying at home with her kids full-time. In her spare time, she is involved in a prayer ministry at church. She loves being with people and ministering to others through selfless acts of service. Her favorite food is the traditional Thanksgiving fixins, and her all-time favorite character is Pocahontas because of her independence and courage. She never wavered in her thinking in spite of what others wanted from her. Bethany is a warm, kind, intentional woman, and I'm blessed to know her. I'm certain the words that she has to offer will be a blessing to you today. So without further ado, Bethany, welcome to the Mindful Motherhood podcast. Thanks, Maggie. I feel very humbled to Aww. just to be here. Yeah, I love having you here. I, I love being with you, and I'm excited to chat with you about Addie's birth story. So Yes, I'm excited too. Thanks for agreeing to do it. Why don't you start off, though, just by telling us a little bit about your motherhood journey overall? Yeah, so I uh, have three kids. Um, mm -hmm. Addie is my oldest, and she's five. Silas is the middle child, and he is almost four. And then Hudson's the baby, baby being two years old. Yeah. Right now, we are just kind of in a new season of what life looks like. Addie's mm -hmm. about to start kindergarten. And it's just been kind of neat to just see how each kid is just completely different from one right. another. Addie's yeah. a little sassy, takes mm -hmm. after her mother. She gets it <laughs> honestly. Um, but she's just so kind. Mm. And Silas is just... He just has a sensitive soul to others, mm. others, animals, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. So it's just really sweet yeah. to kind of hone in on that. Yeah. And then Hudson's just kind of been our more of our challenging one. Mm -hmm. um, but he's always just had some digestive issues since mm -hmm. he was born. And so mm -hmm. uh, just recently finding out that he has celiac disease. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of changing 
lifestyle and what that looks like. And so he's kind of our resilient fighter. Mm. So they are, you know, each a blessing to us, but it's just kind of, you know, figuring out from kid to kid what that looks like. Yeah. They all teach us different lessons and it's all part of an enriching experience of motherhood, Mm. but yeah, every child teaches you something different. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your pregnancy with Addie what that looked like and how you felt throughout the pregnancy. Yes. So my pregnancy with Addie was very difficult. Actually with mm. each kids I've I've had really difficult pregnancies. Mm. And so particularly with Addie, I was sick the whole nine months with her. Wow. So nausea, vomiting mm. all day, every day. Wow. Um, sciatic nerve pain. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point that there was almost this guilt because mm-hmm. I just pictured pregnancy as like mm-hmm. happy, you know. And, right. You know, I was always excited to have like a little basketball and yeah. just the joy it would bring. And I just remember daily just like this is not this mm-hmm. is not fun. This pregnancy is not fun. Like I thought this was supposed yeah. to be fun and enjoyable. And right. it was just very, very challenging to be pregnant for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, sounds like it. I think always it's funny that there's a book called What to Expect When You're (laughs) Expecting because they have no idea. Whoever wrote that thing has no idea. And it kind of sounds like in your experience with all of your pregnancies, but specifically with Addie, that it wasn't what you expected. And that hurts and we can grieve that. And I think it's okay to recognize that it's not what we expected. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, because you see other moms or like, you know, even my mom had wonderful pregnancies. Mm-hmm. She loved being pregnant. And, yeah. and I just remember being like, good for you, mom. Right. Like this yeah. is not enjoyable. And just yes. like, it was, it was kind of grieving. Like I, I thought mm-hmm. maybe a failure as, mm-hmm. you know, like a soon to be mom, you know, mm-hmm. that I couldn't even yeah. You know, enjoy this experience that right. should be joyful and yeah. it wasn't joyful. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that you shared that because you couldn't, you could have not. You could have just been like, it was hard, but, yeah. you know, like, or like dismissed it. But I'm like, like my mom was like your mom and I'm was kind of like both of them in that like, I felt really good. Mm-hmm. And like I started not new types of working out, but like I'd gotten mm-hmm. out of running and I was like, power walking with like mm. hopes of getting back to running after like yeah I did but I, I was like exercising and I had just a little bit of morning sickness and yeah so I'm glad you shared that because I know there are other moms who yeah and just really to know that there pregnancy. are different ways to be pregnant yeah. too yeah okay so what was the actual birth experience like um so Addie's Addie's birth very very challenging as well Mm. um I just remember coming home though from working and I was a guidance counselor Mm -hmm. and so I was getting like 10,000 steps a day leading Mm. up to this and so very swollen you know I gained probably like 60 pounds in all this as well but yes I remember talking to my mother-in-law on the phone after work and I just felt water Mm. and I'm like huh I think my water just broke Mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to be, you know, calm, cool and collected on the phone. I don't want to freak my mother-in-law out. And (sighs) Kyle gets home. My husband gets home shortly after that. And I said, you know, I think my water broke, Kyle. Mm -hmm. And 
He's like, what do I do? I don't have my bags packed. And he's like <laughs> scrambling, trying to, you know, get oh, his no. bags packed. And anyway, we waited it out. I called the hospital and, you know, they said, you know, come in soon, especially because your water broke. So right. I was trying to labor as much as I could at home. So we were probably, mm-hmm. though, at home for about two or three hours okay. before I went in. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't experiencing a lot of pain. Okay. Got into the hospital and I was only like three centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. And I had made my decision. I wasn't going to do like, I didn't want an epidural. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to feel like a he woman. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. Women have done this for years. I can do this. Right. right. And I was not dilating. Mm-hmm. And so I was slowly dilating. It was probably 10 hours later. Mm-hmm. I was only at like six or seven centimeters. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, I am just, I like am in a lot of, I'm uncomfortable. Right. And yeah. this is not fun. Like, yeah. I thought I was going to be in and out of the hospital. Right. Why is it not yeah. over yet? <laughs> yes. I, and there are people, like nurses were coming in and I would hear, you know, there would probably be two or three birds during my whole time mm-hmm. of trying to just be an active labor that mm-hmm. these moms are coming in and having babies. Coming and going. Yeah. And I'm like. Man, like, I guess I'm, like, Kyle's, you know, utilizing all the free food he can get during this time. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so it was probably about 10 to 11 hours in Mm -hmm. and, you know, only about six to seven centimeters dilated. I finally Mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to do an epidural. Mm -hmm. I want to at least enjoy this, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhat. And still wasn't dilating. Mm -hmm. And... They gave me Pitocin to try to help with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing was helping. So it was the 21st hour. So I was in mm-hmm. labor for 21 hours and finally was pushing for seven hours straight. Wow. And it was at the seven, seventh hour mark. We found out like she was stuck. Addie was stuck. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, your body's fatigued. Mm-hmm. You, your heart rate's dropping. Addie's heart mm-hmm. rate's dropping. You know, we're going to have to make a decision right now. You know, you can either do an emergency C-section mm-hmm. or we can try to do a vacuum. Mm. You know, and at this point, we're exhausted. We've been there for 21 hours. Right. Yeah. And I just remember looking at Kyle and saying, I'm too exhausted to make a decision, you know, mm-hmm. and they're throwing out all the risk factors. And right. So you're just overwhelmed already, you know, because mm-hmm. you this isn't going as smoothly as you thought it was. And yeah. then what are the appropriate next steps what's the best option for you and your child to Mm -hmm. remain healthy and so you know at this point too our family obviously knew we were in the hospital for a while they didn't know this like the severity they didn't know that we were going to have to make this decision Mm -hmm. so I leaned over Kyle decides to make the decision and he said you know I think we should try the vacuum Mm -hmm. and the and the doctor said okay we'll know that you know we're only going to try you know, a couple times because it just gets riskier and riskier. Okay. And at this point too, I'm leaning over to the nurse and I'm hitting a button. I need more, more of that medicine because I'm just exhausted. I don't want to feel anything. Yeah. And so the doctor comes in and he tries the first time. He can't get Addie out. He tries the second time. Can't get Addie out. And he said, you know, I, I don't want to do it anymore. This is very mm. risky now. Okay. And Kyle said, one more time, mm. just one more time. Can we just try one more time? Mm-hmm. And the third time she, she comes out. Wow. And 
it was just a beautiful moment. And mm. the the beautiful part of it too was obviously we had family praying for us. But as we looked back on our text mm. messages after she was born, after we've calmed down, my aunt had actually texted us during that time. The doctor said, you got to make a decision, either emergency C-section mm-hmm. or, you know, we'll do the vacuum. Here are the risk factors. And she right. sent a text during that time that said, the Lord put you on my heart at this hour, at this mm-hmm. moment. And I want you to know I am praying for you. I'm praying for discernment. I'm praying for wisdom. An overwhelming yeah. text of prayer. And that's why I believe like the Lord's hand was truly in it all, yeah. even down to what's the appropriate decision for us mm-hmm. right now. And so wow. it was just a very, it was a beautiful time. It was a very long, yeah. yes, exhausting, exhausting, but mm-hmm. to just feel those prayers during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And see it play out yeah. the way that God had for it That's too. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. That is beautiful. Tell us about the first time that you held Addie, kind of what you were thinking and feeling in those moments. Because of how difficult the the labor was and how long it was, I just remember as soon as they handed her to me, just instant, like just relief mm. and gratitude that I was fine, yeah. that she was fine, and that it was over. Yeah. I just remember just being like, thank you. We're done. Wow. We're done. A huge release. A huge release. Yeah. Mm. It was very traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> it was very traumatic for right. me. I mean, even looking back, I can still feel those mm. emotions that mm-hmm. I was going through and get emotional thinking about yeah. just how difficult right. it was. But I think it was just more of a relief. Like, mm-hmm. we're done. She's mm-hmm. healthy. We're healthy. We can just love on her now. Yeah. And 21 hours and seven hours of pushing. Right. It was yeah. just, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Mm, thankful for that mm-hmm. experience of like release after all of that. Mm-hmm. And love, mm-hmm. love too. An abundance of love. And I think that was mm-hmm. the, the time too. And I could see why God has such an unfailing love for us. Mm. Yeah. Despite how difficult we may be. Right. Know, and she was difficult, yeah. you know, coming out, but yeah. I have an abundance of love towards her. Mm-hmm. Im- immediately, instantly. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like already there before you ever held her. Right. But then became this like physical expression once you held her. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Describe for us the days and weeks following Addie's birth. Um, so, what recovery was like for you and her? Um, anything that you might have done differently looking back or things that you feel like just played out perfectly that you wouldn't change for the world? So I had a third degree tear, mm-hmm. almost a fourth degree tear after her. And so recovery was very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think after having, you know, a vaginal birth in general, and there's some tearing. There's also fear of like, you know, bowel movements or whatever. Mm. But I feel like this was just heightened for me because one, I didn't know what to expect. First mm-hmm. child. Two, I knew the severity of the tear and what that looked like. And on top of that, with all the pain meds they gave me, I was very constipated. You know, I'm already anxious as a new mom. Mm-hmm. But I think all this healing made me even more anxious and uncomfortable. Yeah. And the whole time, you know, Addie is not 
she's crying all the time mm-hmm. and she's not a good sleeper. So she would sleep for maybe 15 minutes mm-hmm. at a time. And so, you know, trying to figure out motherhood yeah. and then healing. Yeah. And, and so about six weeks after giving birth, I was still in a great deal of pain. Hmm. And I went back to the doctor and I had granulated tissue. Mm. So they burned it off mm-hmm. and they said, you know, come back in a week because we might not have gotten everything off. And that was painful. Yeah. So I go back in a week, still had some more. So mm-hmm. they had to burn that off as well. And they said, because of my tearing, because of how long I pushed, mm-hmm. um, actively pushed during labor, they suggested I see a physical therapist. Okay. So I did that for probably once a week. I drove all the way up to DuPont, so over an mm-hmm. hour, once a week for probably like three or four months. Wow. I did that. And it was a very, it was very interesting because the physical therapist said the trauma that like the body took was very similar to that of like even a rape victim because of how your, your vagina and everything ceases up. And so it's learning how to not only like strengthen some of those muscles, but releasing some of those muscles as well. Because initially like anything going in, Mm -hmm. my body Reacted. Reacted. Yeah, Yeah. I ceased up. I didn't want anything in because of all the trauma, Mm -hmm. all the pain that I was going through. So Mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was a very educational. Yeah. And and to the point, too, you know, I feel like so many times we as women who have birth, we Mm -hmm. laugh it off if we're incontinent or anything like, oh, you know, I've had a baby or something. But realizing like we can help that somewhat, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm not a doctor, so I don't know to what degree. But we can really work those muscles mm-hmm. and try to strengthen it, too. And mm-hmm. so I went from being incontinent, you know, to being able to strengthen those muscles through yeah. physical therapy and just Good. learning how my body worked, I guess, all yeah. over again. But it was a very long process mm-hmm. to the point that yeah. when I got pregnant again, I just remember telling the doctor, like, I'm very nervous about mm. having another baby. Mm-hmm. And I have, I feel like I have PTSD from mm. this traumatic experience. Yes. And so working through those feelings yeah, all over again after getting pregnant for mm-hmm. the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like some of the things that you shared, I can relate to, to an extent, and probably a lot of others mm-hmm. can too, even though those aren't particularly things we tend to talk about a lot. It's very traumatic. And like, at least for me, I was in labor with Grayson for 15 hours and we did end up going the C-section route. But, you know, there were more than just moments. There were like maybe two hours where I thought maybe I'll die Mm -hmm. in this state. Mm -hmm. You know, this feels like so much worse than anything I've ever experienced. And I could see it killing me. Mm Not that I wanted to die or was having any kind of suicidal thought, but I was just like, this baby is what's most important. So I'm going to do whatever I can to get him out Mm -hmm. and it might kill me. Yeah. And you have all those fears, all those thoughts when you've been in that Mm -hmm. state for a long time, when it's not joyous anymore, when it's when it's difficult, Mm -hmm. your mind, I feel like can so easily go to those states of what if Mm -hmm. and what could happen. Yeah. And And just panic and like feeling stuck in that is a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you don't have necessarily access to like the logical thought. I probably won't die. like the, there will be some kind of right. intervention. Right. But like in that moment. Yeah. Logic sometimes. To yeah. It. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that is going to be something very relatable that we often don't get to hear people share about mm-hmm. because it's not what we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. It's not the beautiful climax of everything. It's the dirty grind Mm -hmm. that comes before Mm -hmm. the rawness of just what could be yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what is Addie like now and how has her birth story potentially in any way been a reflection of who she is Addie if you look at her now she is a a tough cookie she's Mm -hmm. probably tougher than her brothers even you know she she is a fighter. She yeah. even if she falls down, there's not a lot of crying. Yeah. You know, she's just pretty tough. She and is strong. She's strong. Not only physically, which we I think saw during the labor mm-hmm. of just the the physical resilience. Right. But now seeing her like spiritually resilient too. Like mm-hmm. what she she is strong even in her faith as a five year old. In her relationship with Mm. her relationship with the Lord as well. And that was actually one of our prayers when Mm. we found out we were pregnant Mm -hmm. for each child. We had a specific prayer for them. Mm. And Addie's was that she would love Jesus Mm. and love others well. And so seeing her relationship with the Lord Mm. and just how strong she is spiritually, but also how strong she is physically. She's a very resilient child Mm. and it's beautiful to see and watch her grow in that. That's awesome. That I feel like would give you assurance and like recognizing her strength that like you don't have to worry yeah. as much maybe because she's so strong in her faith and, and physically that, you know, she'll fight those mm-hmm. battles that she needs to mm-hmm. fight and, and just persevere. And that's a blessing yeah. to see in your child. Yeah, it is, especially at a young age, too, yeah. to be able to recognize that. And then hopefully as parents, we can foster that and like steer that accordingly too mm-hmm. and so, encourage her in that yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. that she could find value in that strength and mm-hmm. like you both encouraging her because some people won't see value in mm-hmm. that or even might try to deter her from that but mm-hmm. with you and Kyle as strong influencers and a great encouragement to her she will recognize the beauty and that strength Mm -hmm. and the importance of it and the value of it. And from an early age, she can recognize like anyone who tries to say this is wrong is not my kind of people. Yeah, that's exactly right. She'll know the truth of that to be strong in the Lord and strong in her faith is the most important thing. Yeah. And then on the flip side too, like I hope she knows she doesn't always have to be strong. Mm. So then teaching her, I think that, it's okay to cry. Right. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay that, mm-hmm. you know, you're struggling right now. Like right. it is okay. Like that is how God has designed you as well. Mm-hmm. And so helping her navigate, like we can be strong, but right. we can also have those just those weaker mm-hmm. moments. And it's not weak. I think, yeah. I think a lot of times we think it's weak when we cry, but right. Yeah. Um, There's strength in showing weakness. Right. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah. Strength in showing those emotions. Mm-hmm. So what resources and or words of encouragement could you offer to other mamas listening today? 
I think the biggest thing for me, and this is something that I am still learning, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. I think so many times we feel weak when we're having a hard day. We feel like failures if we are just about to lose it with our kids. Mm. I think sometimes, at least for me, it's hard to ask for help. Realizing like it's okay to not be okay and it's okay Mm. to ask for help. That's a really refreshing thing to hear for me, especially this week, because I feel like Mm. I've been overwhelmed and feeling like I'm not the mom I thought I would be mm-hmm. or could mm-hmm. be and to hear just a reminder that I can recognize that mm-hmm. and extend myself grace mm-hmm. and know that the expectations that I had or have of myself are not necessarily what God had planned for me mm-hmm. so maybe the expectations that I have for my children are not Mm. what God had planned for them. Mm. You know, Mm. like maybe they're supposed to learn lessons in a different way than how I thought they would learn them. You know, like with Grayson, he made a decision this week, bad decision. Mm. And, you know, I thought that with us teaching him, you don't put your hands on other people. Mm -hmm. He would learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. And we said, you know, you don't, hit other people Mm -hmm. but he needs to learn that in whatever way God is going to allow for him Mm -hmm. to learn that lesson Mm -hmm. and I think there is freedom in recognizing that I can do everything that I can do that's within my power and capacity Mm -hmm. to do to love him and teach him and show him and pray for him And beyond that, I have nothing other than just trusting that the Lord is going to provide him with experiences Mm -hmm. led by his Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that are going to teach him Mm -hmm. over time and through pain and suffering and mistakes made. And uh, so a good reminder that I don't have to be okay through all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can be sad and grieving and hurt and that's okay. Yeah. I think you're right too. like what you said, like, I think we put these expectations on motherhood, like mm-hmm. prior to kids, you know, they always say you're the best parent and so yes, you have kids, right. you know, and I feel like that's so true. Like how many times, I don't know how many, I, I, daily, I probably think, oh, I could have handled this situation differently yeah. or I didn't expect motherhood to look like this. I didn't expect mm-hmm. these challenges in motherhood. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect a challenging child right you know like I expect it to be fun and it's gonna be you know just every day it's just gonna be like Disney World you know (laughs) and it's not yeah coming to terms with I think the realization that's not what I expected and that's okay Mm -hmm. that's okay and that I've dedicated my babies to the Lord Mm -hmm. he is in the he's in control like you Mm -hmm. said I can I can pray I can steer them I can parent them But at the end of the day, like it has to be a heart change and only Mm -hmm. the Lord can do that. And that's hard. Yeah. That's really hard because it's releasing control Mm -hmm. when sometimes we want a lot of that control. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, yeah, the expectations I think can be hard to, I don't want to say lower, but Mm -hmm. to like manage. (laughs) Manage. Yeah. 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 I didn't expect to be so frustrated and annoyed Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. by my sweet child. Mm -hmm. Like I get so frustrated and annoyed. 
afraid. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if you say that one more time, it's like beating your head against. I'm the gonna wall. die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It surprises me, like daily, how like annoyed I can feel. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought I was just gonna like be so in love and just in awe. Daily, but there are just moments yeah. of like severe annoyance. Absolutely, which is crazy. I feel yeah. Bethany, thank you so much for just chatting with me today and for sharing a little piece of your motherhood journey with us. Thanks, Maggie, for having me. It's been a joy to just be Mm -hmm. here and to share and just to continue to build community Mm -hmm. with each other and Mm -hmm. being able to relate to each other on. Thanks for having me. I agree. Thank you. Thanks for listening and for taking the time to pause and turn inward today. It is so important to remember to take care of yourself in the midst of caring for everyone else. A special thanks to Bethany for being willing to share with us about her journey of motherhood. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss a single mindful moment. For more mindful motherhood content, you can find me on Instagram at Maggie Metz. Until next time, be mindful, mama.